can't listen to that music. We're so excited and deli- delighted to have New York Times bestselling author Kristen Hanna with us with her latest hit, which we already have decided, Kristen, it's the best book of the year, The Women. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much. It's so nice to see you guys. Oh, I know we've never seen you in person because we're doing this so that people can enjoy this interview. Because I don't know if this is like maybe the fifth time we've talked to you about one of your books, but it's so fun to see your face. Well, thank you. You too. Yeah, I always look forward to talking to you guys. Oh, your book, The Women. Unbelievable. This is everything. Um, Lori said, we're calling it the best book of the year. Mm-hmm. We both read it in a day. It's it's a big one, but it is, Kristen, you are so magical with words, and you've told us some a part of history that none of us knew about. And can you give us kind of the setup, or what made you, let's start with, what made you even want to write this story? Well, you know, I actually, I first pitched this, uh, the idea of a Vietnam-era story, in 1997 to my editor and uh, she basically said you know what you're not ready you aren't good enough the world doesn't want to hear about Vietnam right now you know think about this and come back when it's the exact right moment and and I knew that she was right on all counts so I sort of shelved this idea Um, and I think the reason that it was so important to me was I was a kid during the Vietnam era and it cast a huge shadow over my childhood. Um, one of my best girlfriend's dad was a pilot who was shot down and missing in action. And so back then we wore these prisoner of war bracelets. Yes. bracelets, right? Yeah. And so, you know, here I had his name and, and the day that he was lost on my wrist for years and years and years. And so I just was always thinking about it. And then, of course, for those of us who lived through this on any level, we remember what it was like when the vets came home. And it was just a really, you know, difficult, contentious time in American history. And so I've been wanting, you know, to write this story forever. And in March of 20, so I had just finished my previous book, The Four Winds, and, and turned it in. And... I was watching the news and we were in COVID lockdown. And so we're, you know, isolated and tense and, you know, feeling weird. And, and America was just chaos, you know, Mm -hmm. anger and division. And I thought to myself, boy, this feels, this feels like the Vietnam era again. And then I was watching, you know, our nurses on the front line of the pandemic and how exhausted and overworked and, and how courageous they were being for on all of our behalf, right? Mm-hmm. And so it just struck me, okay, this is the moment. Vietnam feels relevant again. It feels like that era has something to say to us. And so I just started writing. It, we're so glad I, you did. I can't oh stand it how good this is. We've made everyone, you know... Read it around the office. I'm like, you have two days. You got to return it. Get it. Get yeah, because the book isn't out yet. It's it out, not until next Tuesday. I know. The book, if you're just joining us, we're with Kristen Hanna, New York Times bestselling author, The Nightingale, um, Firefly Lane, amongst many, many others. Um, and her latest book is The Women. Kristen, can you give everybody a setup for just kind of tell everybody about the story? 
Oh, it's so good. Yeah, this this is a novel that is really designed to shine a light on the female nurses who went to serve in the Vietnam War. And it's a story that, like many of my stories for the last few years, is about um, a time in history where women's contributions have been forgotten or overlooked. And so the story is, I you know, I take a a very naive 21-year-old California girl who's just become a nurse and she follows her brother to Vietnam thinking that her service is a way to give back. You know, she was raised in a family that was very proud of their World War II and World War I family service. And so she assumes that, you know, um, that they, her parents and her community will be proud of her service. And so off she goes and she is completely unprepared for war. She's unprepared as a nurse, as a woman, as a human being to be thrown into this firestorm. And so, you know, she, she really, I think, comes of age and becomes this amazing nurse and, and has these friendships with other nurses that will sort of last the whole of her life and define her. And ultimately, she comes home to an America that is incredibly divided and very angry about the war. And nobody wants to talk about her service or, or show gratitude for it. And she is dealing with, um, obviously, undiagnosed, untreated PTSD and trying to get help with that. And, you know, all of the Vietnam era vets had that problem, but the women even more so because they were another layer of invisible. Right. And not even, I mean, I was like shocked when I reading and then in your acknowledgments, you know, that that our government didn't acknowledge that there were women in the Vietnam War and over 10,000 served. That's just astonishing. And that that she tried to join the Navy and the Air Force before and they wouldn't take women. And the Army ultimately said, get on this plane tomorrow, we'll take you. That blew me away. The, the the other branches would take her. Oh, but not. They just wanted her to have some experience yes, before right. they sent her to war, right? So it was the Army who said, sure, you've never really worked in a hospital. Go ahead. Oh, you know, oh. you'll be great. <laughs> I mean, you must have, Kristen, talked to, I mean, I read that you, you did talk to some nurses that served over there. Um, I mean, because you really feel like you're there. You mm-hmm. really feel like you're there. I mean, the trauma. I love that, Frankie. I, I love, love. I love her. I love her girlfriends, Barb yes. and Ethel. I mean, and I love Jamie and Rye. We love Rye. <laughs> um, but it's just you feel like you're there. It really. You're so wonderful in crafting these really rich characters that we can somehow empathize with, cheer on. Um, be worried about, and at the same time, this is a brutal story, you know? It is. I mean, it, it's tough, and it was tough to put Frankie through everything that, that she went through, honestly, because I adored her. She's probably <laughs> my favorite heroine ever, and I just wanted her to be okay, to be happy, to be in love, you know, to have all the things she wanted. But once I started doing the research and I was talking to these nurses who, by the way, 
I was with them in, um, in Washington, D.C. for the 30th anniversary of the Women's Vietnam Memorial, cool. which was started, um, founded by a nurse who served over there, Diane Carlson Evans. And I mean, I just felt it would not be fair to these women who had endured so much and who had proven to be so remarkably strong and yet had also had to deal, like we said earlier, in the shadows with the brokenness that they felt coming home, you know, from war. And so it just felt like I really had to show what it was like for this generation of veterans. And even, you know, one of the things, I mean, you always tell an epic story, but I like, you know, because the story kind of starts, you know, we're still in the mindset of it's the late 50s, early 60s. We don't really know what Vietnam is. People are being lied to. Maybe people in the power were lying to themselves. But you really set up the stage of showing where we went from kind of the Eisenhower, you know, and then going into this Vietnam and how society changed on every level. Yeah, and that was one of the things that was so interesting for Frankie and these these veterans because she goes over, she does a two-year, you know, tour of duty, and she kind of, it, it feels to her like she leaves in a 1950s world and returns to, you know, the summer of love and, and, and the hippies and the protests, and, and nothing feels the same to her, and that's how fast the world was changing there. And as you point out, this was the moment, this Vietnam question was when Americans began to understand that their government would be and could be lying to them mm-hmm. about something as important um, that was causing, you know, the death of Americans. And, you know, I put in the book, there's this moment where I think is a real watershed moment in the era where Walter Cronkite in the middle of the broadcast says, what in the world is going on? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the moment when everyone starts saying, well, what's going on with this war? Right. And, and so what happened, I think is in, in Americans, you know, anger about this war, they, they stopped respecting the warriors and the soldiers. And, you know, that is, I hope that is, one lesson that we have learned yeah. and, and that is the thing that would never happen again. Yeah. It, it was really, you know, because we, from a historical fiction standpoint, um, we have read a lot of books and you've written one on World War II and how women served and women, you know, did all these different things. Even in World War One, we've had books. We've never had one about Vietnam. It's so moving, Kristen. We do have to take a quick break, but we're lucky enough to keep you for two segments today. If you're just joining us, we are with... Our hero, and we're such huge fans, Kristen <laughs> Hanna is with us. Her latest book, The Women, I'm telling you, uh, everyone's going to read it. Yeah. And um, we're so delighted to have you with us. Can you, we'll hang out. We'll be right back. This is Lori and Julia, my talk. All right, we can't, we can't wait. We've got to come back. Apparently our mics were on during the whole commercial break or something. Kristen, did you hear all of our questions we were going to ask you? I did not hear any oh, of that. Oh, okay, good. good. My good. friend texted me from the car. She goes, we can hear you. What you're thinking, what we were thinking is, what does this feel like to you? I mean, this book is touted as 
bigger than life. I mean, this a million gonna, copies. You're going to sell printed. So, you're gonna, Warner Brothers has optioned, snapped it up. The book isn't even out yet. What does it feel like to have written such an amazing book and telling this story? You know what? What's what's different about this? I mean, obviously, I've been doing this a long yes. time. This is like my twenty something. Very book. good at it, by the way, <laughs> Kristen <laughs> Hannah. If you're just joining us. <laughs> Hopefully I'm getting better as I'm getting older. But what's really amazing about this book is is just the whole speaking to and speaking about and shining a light on the veteran service. Um, it That's what feels really different about this book. You know, it feels like it's it's time for this story to be told, like people are ready to hear it. We have whole generations who don't know anything about the Vietnam era because it wasn't taught in school. It wasn't, you know, it it wasn't written about a lot, Mm -hmm. especially from the female perspective. So I just feel really proud to be able to, to bring um, this story to light and to shine a light on, on this, the service of this generation and, um, and hopefully, teach some teach something along the way it in 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 a in a delightful way reading a novel you know exactly in a delightful way like you always write these really wonderful stories about women and um the book is called the women if you're just joining us kristen hannah best-selling authors with us you know um laurie you had a question well i did because you always do like i mean it was still one of my our favorite books. We keep wondering when the Fanning girls are going to get the Nightingale made. Um, but uh, one of the things that makes reading your book so rich is that you do do meticulous research to give the story, the honesty, the everything that you know you feel like you're in that story. I'm wondering what were the maybe two or three compelling things that you found out in researching this book about women in Vietnam or just Vietnam in general? You know, it was, it was a fascinating book to research and absolutely terrifying because I knew of course that there would be people reading this book who had been there and not just a couple here or there, like world war II, you know, or the dust bowl that there would be, big numbers of people who would know if I was right or wrong. And I felt such a deep obligation you know, to try to get it right. Um, and, and I had a lot of help along the way. But one of the things that was most interesting to me in terms of the research was I kept reading when I got to the nurse's memoirs, which were amazing. Um, and I've listed them in the back of the book because I think, you know, people may want to read more about mm-hmm. this. Um, but all of these memoirs kept saying, or most of these memoirs kept saying that at some point these nurses would either go for, try to get help or show up someplace and they would be told that there had been no women in Vietnam. And as I was doing my researching, I kept thinking that simply cannot be possible. That just, it has to be, you know, an exaggeration because don't we all know that women have been at war, you know, since the Civil War? That, you know, we know that there are nurses at war. We've seen MASH. We know there's China Beach. So I think they must have known. And yet when I actually spoke to the nurses and, you know, talked to them about their experiences, 
almost everyone I met could remember the moment, both that they were treated badly upon coming home, usually in the airport, and the moment when they were told there were no women in Vietnam <laughs> by people who ought to know better. Wow. That's just, that that blows you away in the story, too, because you can feel Frankie just like, what? Yeah. Don't you know what I just went through? I mean, come on, come on. You know, um, if you're just joining us, we have to say it a lot, Kristen, because people are tuning in. Uh, the Women is the is the best book of, we think of 2024. Mm-hmm. And Kristen Hanna, the one of our, you're just one of the best authors. We're we are so honored that you're on with us. Um, I found some like kind of inter- silly questions, but I just kind of kind of intrigued me a little bit. But how do you come up with the names of your characters? You know, it's the strangest thing, um, naming, because it seems like it's not important. And yet I have discovered that it is crucial. And I have tried to write books where the names didn't didn't work somehow. And, uh, and then I have to start over at some point. It, it all falls apart. This particular one, I came up with, you know, Francis being called Frankie very early on. And and I really struggled with it. I really fought it. It was like that wasn't a name that made sense to me. So I tried 15 other names along the way. And ultimately, she just kept saying, I'm Frankie and you just better get on board. Because I just we kind of have never asked that because it's it always just it's there. And so you don't think about it. But that that's interesting. Did you like do you have because we know that this was already sold to Warner Brothers, your book. Um, do you have a preference because we, I love Firefly Lane. I love that. And it's on Netflix. The two, I loved it. And we are waiting for the Nightingale. We know we heard rumblings that'll come out this year with the Fanning sisters. True fact. Well, you know, we had it, everything was going in place. We were about two weeks from filming in, um, in Europe in March of 20 and so it got shut down and then it started up again. And then it was, the writer strike, yes. and then it was the actor strike. So I keep saying I, I'm an eternal optimist, but I truly believe that 2024 is the year that we will film the Nightingale. Yay. Okay, and so we've got you know everything seems to be in place. So fingers crossed. Do you have a preference, Kristen, if the women is a limited series or if it's a movie? You know. I don't actually. I'm okay. a big TV fan. Warner Brothers is going towards the big screen. Oh, okay. and what I like about that is women at war is not something that traditionally Hollywood wants to spend a lot of money on mm-hmm. and wants to make a big production of. And so I, it feels very meaningful to me that they really see this as a big important. Film. Oh, yeah, I, I like so good. I like that, and also, yeah. you know, because we have had how many movies and books have we had about Vietnam through the eyes of men who served? Right. I mean, hundreds. Gonna... And we had China Beach, a TV <laughs> series for people if you're right. old enough. But I mean, that was that's it. We yeah. we have this very untold story. Story, and here you've given Hollywood the epic. Treatment, and all they need to do is write the screenplay, damn it. That's that's exactly how I feel. And on top of that, how many times have we seen 
you know, sort of male camaraderie during war. Yeah. And so this idea of showing, I mean, I really think the beating heart of this novel is the friendship yes. between these three women. Yes. Who wouldn't even have been friends, probably, if not for the war. Right. And so I just love that this idea, this this book really, it's a classic kind of war story. It is. Um, it is just driven by the women. Oh. And I think it's time. It, I do too. Big fans. And I just want to reiterate to people, um, the book isn't out yet. This would be amazing book club book. We've talked about it so much around the office. The book is The Women by Kristen Hanna. It is compelling, interesting, moving. You can't put it down. It it does everything a book should do. And and I loved reading it. You know, some books you like to listen to, some books you like to read. This, I loved reading this book. It's just yummy. Well, thank you. There's, thank you. And I will say, if you like listening, Julia Whalen does the audio of this book, and she knocks it out of the park. Um, so good. I think either format, it's just it's just a really good story. And I say that as the as an author who knows <laughs> that they're not all really great right, yeah. stories. Right. You know. You know the one I still want to be seeing on the big screen is The Great Alone. <sighs> oh. Me too. I, I did listen to that book on the way. Remember, I was driving to Montana. Yes. I drove to Montana. I didn't want to even stop and get gas. It's a 16-hour yeah. drive, Kristen. And I'm like, and then finally I called Lori, and I'm like, yeah. sobbing. I'm like, Lori, tell me what's going to happen. And she's like, I'm not telling you. Well, it's, I think that people in February, no, you are looking for books to bring on vacation right now. Just, and the oh, women, no. like, this is your book to just bring. You just will only then need to bring this book. You're set. You're done. I guess I would just say, you know, be cautious about reading it on public transportation because you may be crying next to yeah. somebody. Yeah, I know. This That's is so true. true. You're so right. So, Kristen, do you like, um, do you, I, we have to ask you this, is, do you have a last great book of so, another author that you've read recently? Oh, you know what? I have loved, 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 loved uh, the Heaven and Earth Bookstore. And uh, let's see, All the Sinners Bleed. Those are my two favorites uh, recently. And I've just started Chris Whitaker's uh, All the Colors of the Dark. Okay. I love this first book. Okay. We love you, Chris and Anna. Love you, love you. Thank you, thank you. We love Kim Dower, too, by the way. Yeah, thank you. She's she's a beautiful woman. We love her. Thank you. She is. She's amazing. Thank Thank you, you you guys. I'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Thanks a lot. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye. All right, we're going to take a quick break. This is Lori and Julia. If you'd like a copy of the book, we do have two copies. Give us a buzz at 651-641-1071.